Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So there's something unique about the readings we have today, something odd, uh, at least when you maybe sit with all of them and one fell swoop. I don't know, maybe you felt it, maybe you didn't. I certainly was feeling it when I was praying with these readings yesterday. Here's what I mean. You have the first reading where you have Paul in his letter to the Ephesians. He's praising and glorifying God and his goodness, right? He's saying, I kneel before the Father from whom, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the holy ones what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is explosive in its joy, exuberance, just celebration of the goodness of God, right? And the responsorial psalm picks up on the theme, right? It continues it. The earth is full of the horror of God. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not what it says. The earth is full of the goodness of God. The earth is full of the goodness of God, right? So you have this like exuberant theme. God, you're so good. The earth is full of your goodness. I bow before the Father, all these things. Then you get to Jesus in the gospel. I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already blazing. You have Jesus saying, do you think that I've come to bring peace? Where we're all supposed to go, yes. Then he goes, no. (laughs) No, I tell you not peace, but division. Not peace, but the sword. Okay, there was an early church heresy called Marcionism. It was started by this guy named Marcion, which is a good clue for us that if you ever start a heresy, they're going to name it after you, by the way, all right? So Marcion had this idea that Christians should do away with the Old Testament because we now have Jesus. We've got the new dispensation, the new covenant, and that God of the Old Testament, he's angry and mean, But Jesus in the New Testament, he's so nice and kind and good. Marcion just didn't read enough of the New Testament to really realize, right? You got Jesus here. I've come to bring division. I've come to bring the sword. I've come to cast fire upon the earth. All right, so what's the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal with this sort of scriptural record screech as we go through these readings? How should we understand Jesus' words about division? I shared not too long ago in a homily about uh, the enemy saying that his names are very instructive. They they reveal how he functions, right? So Satan, from the Greek hosatanas, meaning the accuser, or devil, from the Greek diabolain, that's where we get diabolical, meaning the divider, the scatterer, right? So that's what the, that's the devil's business, dividing and scattering. So what is Jesus doing claiming that he's come to bring division? That seems like that's team devil, right? So what are you saying here, Jesus? Perhaps a better way to think about what he's saying here is this. As a natural consequence of my coming into the world, there will naturally occur division. As a natural consequence of my coming into the world, there will just be division. There will be division. Why? Because Jesus compels a choice. Like no other person in human history, Jesus compels a choice. Like we're either with him or we're against him. We're either falling down at his feet, saying he is Lord and God, or we are picking up rocks to stone him. 
or were with the crowd crying out, crucify him. Right? There was no one in human there was no one like him in human history. No one met Jesus and was like, meh, take it or leave it. Right? He 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 elicited two responses. It was either I am with you or I am against you. Right? To meet him was to be challenged. Was to be challenged. Every single person, right? It was to be called up. It was to be called out. It was to be called on to a greater kind of life, right? He says in the beginning of John's gospel, John says in the beginning of John's gospel that the light shines in the darkness. And men prefer the darkness, he says, right? The light shines in the darkness. Like the memory that comes to my mind right now is middle school me, right? My alarm goes off, 6 a.m. What do I do? Slam the snooze button, right? For as long as I can. And then eventually my mom or dad would come into my room and they'd try and wake me up gently, like just very comfortable in the covers. And then it was eventually they would, like psychopaths, turn the lights on and rip the covers off. And you just like, ah, right? You turn into one of those demonic creatures. But that's what happens. Light shines into the darkness. And there, yes, there will be creatures. There are human beings who, though they find the light painful, they make the arduous journey into the light to live into the light. Right? We call those people the saints. Right? We call those people the saints. But there are also those who prefer the dark. We slink back into the dark. Because change is hard, and Jesus demands change. There's no stagnation. There's no being just status quo with Jesus. This is why he's so divisive. This is why the culture and the world hate him and they hate the church. Because amidst a culture that is perpetually changing, you've got Jesus and the church who stand still. And they say, this is the bar. This is the truth. This is reality. Now conform yourself to it. Arise to it. Ascend to it, right? Jesus, I've come to bring division like I've come to bring the sword, just like the scalpel, right? Think of a surgical scalpel, just like the scalpel in the hand of a surgeon cutting away tumors in a cancer patient's body. I've come to separate the cancer from you. I've come to separate your sin from you. I've come to divorce you from all your false lovers. And the problem is we really love sin. That's why we do it. We really love our false lovers. We really love our favorite hiding places because it's comfortable. And he's saying, I've come to divorce you there, to separate you from that. And it's painful. And many refuse to undergo the treatment. I want to end with this. This is one of my favorite books written by one of my all-time favorite authors, not C.S. Lewis this time, but a C.S. Lewis scholar nonetheless, Dr. Peter Kraft, philosophy professor at Boston College. He's written more books than... I don't even know, the New Testament. He's just, he's just very prolific. He wrote a book called Jesus Shock. Jesus Shock. If you've got grandkids or sons or daughters who are just kind of drifting from the church, this is the book for them. Jesus Shock. It's fabulous. Christ changed every human being he ever met. In fact, he changed history, splitting it open like a coconut and inserting eternity into the split between B.C. and A.D. If anyone claims to have met him without being changed, he has not met him at all. 
when you touch him, you touch lightning.